It's been a minute since we've been on call-in, and I think it's confirmed by the fact that I'm actually doing this on my computer because of the new update. So that $300 in equipment that we pro we bought, Tony, I think it's probably actually useful again. Oh, really? Well, um, I'm glad that you figured that out because, to be totally frank, I didn't even know that you could do call-in on your computer uh, at this point. So I'm still currently on my phone. I, I have my mic here. <laughs> I may plug that in at some point. Yeah, no, I highly recommend it because, as I said, like when, when we did this originally, we both bought $300 in equipment and we can actually use it again. I don't have to use that's, my iPhone. <laughs> that's wonderful. I, I hate wasting it's, money. I'm glad to see that we can, we can make it useful again. It's an incentive to do more of these. We might start doing like a show every day because I, I want to maximize that money I spent. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be, I'd be down for that. I mean, it's going to take me 27 minutes to figure out, like, which plug goes in where, because that was always my Achilles <laughs> heel when we did the Zoom shows. So it'll be it'll be oh, back yes. to me trying every possible configuration, trying to get my mixer to work with my computer and my microphone. Absolutely. Back in the good old days. I remember that, having to log on yeah, 15 no. minutes early so Tom could get his audio figured out. <laughs> yeah, no, I am a sound engineer. I am not. <laughs> All right, but uh, let's let's go away from my incompetence as I've done this now for for two. Is it? Oh God, it's two years. This is really the second year. Yeah, this is year two, man. Yeah, so let's move away from my incompetence as I head to year two, and let's take a look at Trevor Lawrence's. Boom! What a perfect segue. It's like I planned it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Tony, I think it's unfair to to say that Lawrence was incompetent in. In the Chiefs game, I do think you could say that about his first half in the Jags game. You know, Chiefs 27, Jags 20 if Mahomes is in it. I honestly don't know how much better they do because of that beautiful Chad Henney drive. But, but what were your thoughts on the game? Because the way I watched it, I did not ever really feel like the game was was in doubt. Uh, yeah, honestly, it was a tough game to watch for, you know, Jags fans, obviously. It was kind of one that I was a little bit surprised with. Um, I thought that Trevor Lawrence would be mediocre. I didn't think he would be that bad. Uh, I mean, four interceptions in the first half, truly miserable. I didn't even see that coming. And I've been, as some would say, his biggest quote-unquote hater since before he even got drafted. So, yeah, no, like if there's a number one fan mug that you can buy for Jacksonville, like you would have number one hater, and it would just yeah, be his absolutely. jersey number. Yep, I, I, would, I would accept that, honestly. Um, so, yeah, I thought, I thought that was surprising. I would be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit kind of happy about it just because this, you know, kind of been calling it. But regardless of that, Four interceptions for me, even though they ended up winning that game, crazy comeback props to the Jags for winning that game and, you know, rue on you to pretty much all the chargers for letting that game slip out of your hands. But even though they won that game, I do still condemn Lawrence heavily. I saw a lot of people after they won that game saying Trevor Lawrence is that guy. He's really great. This, that, and the other thing all over Twitter. I still think he played horribly. Even though he threw four touchdowns, if you throw four interceptions, unless you're throwing 15 touchdowns, you're having a bad game. That's my take on it, and I still stand by Trevor Lawrence being a mediocre at best quarterback. I'm honestly inclined to, like, for me, those halves of football are so different that I almost don't want to call them the same game. Like, if that makes any sense, because it feels like such a one-off oddity that it's hard to comprehend. But look, that second half from Lawrence, I think, was incredible. I, I'm with you in that the only way you can make a performance like that in the second half look bad is by a first half where you just look truly atrocious. Like, And again, yeah, that is definitely rue on the, the, the Chargers. I still can't believe that Staley is, was not fired for that, and that when we do... When we do like a hot, it's the dead of summer, it's July, and we're doing our hot seat top five, Staley's going to be number one. Or maybe it'll be Mike McCarthy if Mike McCarthy manages to hold on to his job. I'm kind of surprised that there wasn't like a 9 a.m. press release saying that he'd been fired. But yeah, <laughs> I think, look, 
considering that it's year two for the Jags in, you know, in back-to-back years prior where they had the number one overall pick and Lawrence had the incompetent coaching of Urban Meyer, I think he's tracking quite nicely. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to be Andrew Luck, but he is tracking in a good way. I think he's going – he feels like he might be Tua, to be honest, where we don't know how we feel about him for a couple of years from now still. Like, it could be like Tua where year four or five we're still saying, but is he actually something? What, do you agree with that? Uh, I think he could track that way. I do also think that um, I I have come to terms with it being slightly unfair to judge Trevor Lawrence off of last year. I do think that coaching was terrible, but I also don't think that Trevor Lawrence suddenly took this massive jump on his own. I do think that the coaching helped, but I also do have to give props where it's due. The Jags did a really good job in free agency in bringing in a lot of pieces, whether it be weapons for Lawrence or just general other pieces to benefit the team. The Jags had a very good offseason this year, so I do think that while while Lawrence has stepped up his play, I do think he has a lot more help this year, so... You know, I don't think he's just like suddenly tracking really, really well. He just kind of is going to look better no matter what, even though, yes, he has stepped up slightly this year, I do think. I think that's a little bit much because, like, you could get all the weapons in the world and still be pretty atrocious. Like, you, at some point, skill does have to come into play, I think, at least. True. That is fair. But as we've seen with Purdy, if you give anybody enough weapons, they'll be good. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I, I got to get <laughs> off of that hill. Uh, no, I, I think that I think it's I just think that it says a lot about the Jags that that, that Lawrence made the progressions he's made that it's actually weirdly a competent front office. And now that because they have Doug Peters, Peterson, they legitimately have, you know, a Super Bowl winning head coach. And I think that th- that organization is going to continue to make the right steps. I don't think this is the last time we're going to see the Jags as a divisional champion, even you know if if, if they maybe aren't going to be Super Bowl favorite, like a Super Bowl favorite. I think that they are going to be a perennial playoff team. Absolutely, I do agree that they're. If I'm a Jags fan, I do think that I have a lot to look forward to in the coming years. Well, with how this team has progressed, if they can have another offseason like they did this year. Honestly, they could win, you know, a game or two next year and see where that goes. Could be a Bengals-esque uh, jump into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, if you if you told me this year that the Bengals would not only have a winning record but win a playoff game and be within seven of Kansas City, I think that most Bengal fans are probably going to take that. Absolutely. Yeah, now if they could get rid of the weird, like, I think it was like 40-7 to seven loss to Detroit – that would probably help be, you know, a little be kind of helpful. But realistically, if you're if you're a Jags fan and you look at the AFC South and you see the Colts that are just an absolute dumpster fire, you see the Texans that are also a dumpster fire and the Titans who very clearly are on their way down as the AFC South power, why can't you win that why can't you be the Bengals and be, you know, and win that division in back-to-back years? Like I I think the Jags are primed to be the best team in the AFC South for the foreseeable future. And it's not close. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So do you want, I put together a new stat. So it's the Z it's Zillow's win win percentage. If you like, so if it's taking the, the team based stats from that game and I put them into the Zillow formula and it says, okay, what is the percent chance? Like given these circumstances, the percent chance that this team would win. What do you think oh. the chiefs, Chiefs Jacksonville was. Chiefs Jacksonville, what do I think it was? Oh, this is a new stat. I couldn't even begin to guess. So it's about 65% for Kansas City. 65% for Okay, I think that that's pretty good. I think I Yeah, I think that's about what I would say. I probably would have gone a little bit higher, but I could understand what that where that's at. Yeah, no, I mean it was a one-score game even if it didn't feel like it. Yeah, no, they did actually keep it pretty close, closer than I thought it would be. Uh, It was kind of an unexpected game, but, you know, obviously the Mahomes injury was going to be the headline of that game. But even with the injury, he did play well enough, uh, obviously, to win. The stat line was not flashy by any means. It's not that Mahomes flashy stat line that you expect to see in the playoffs, but they are moving forward. So, hey, can't complain about it too much. Um, But, yeah, I... 
I think that I'm going to finally have to concede and get off my hill of uh, Bengals not being particularly great. I think the Bengals have a pretty good shot of beating the Chiefs uh, this coming week. And, man, I think they could actually win the Super Bowl this year, Tom. I think you were right. Well, yeah, do you want to transition over to the Bengals-Bills game? I was going to suggest we go to Eagles-Giants, but that was a farce, and I think we can move on pretty confident <laughs> knowing, like, to, we can move to the more fun game and do Eagles-Giants at the end when we want to, like, kill yeah. five minutes. Let's do that. Yeah, so, I mean, this was a game that, you know, for those of you in the audience who have been with us for a long time, you know that Tony and I do a head-to-head pick and this year Tony is winning on a tiebreaker – that he has picked the same amount of wins, but he has one fewer loss. So his percentage is like 0.00005 better or something. It's it's very small, but Tony is claiming victory on it. And I fell behind a win last week when I picked the Buccaneers to beat the Cowboys because I was trying to, you know, to zig where Tony had zagged. And so I picked the Bengals as I have been a big Bengals believer all season long. And, you know, lo and behold, they won. Now, I did not think that they would win like this. Yeah, this was a, this was definitely a tough one. I waited until like the last second. Tom had texted me, "Got you're gonna gonna get your picks in in time," and I even the first thing I said was, "I don't know who to pick. I could go with either team here, and I could see them both winning." So yes, I zigged, you zag. But this was a weird game, and it's not weird in that the Bengals won. I'm not surprised in that. It's really that the Bills just looked uncomfortable all game. Burrow played absolutely out of his mind and in my eyes he cemented himself over Allen as the second best quarterback in the NFL and I was also very pleasantly surprised at how well the Bengals O-line played last night. Mixon had 5.2 yards per carry average which is phenomenal and Burrow was protected much better than he normally is. Now there were still every now and then he'd get you know somebody get close he'd get hit but it wasn't nearly what it's like. Um, So I do think that the Bengals are heating up at the right time I like what the O-line's doing. Mixon's looking really good. But I am concerned about the Bills moving forward. Are they Are they the next Packers? Are they the next regular season team that always chokes it away at the end, Tom? I don't want to go that far because it, this this feels like a one-off, this, this kind of performance. But I am seeing the trend of, you know, Bills 13 seconds last season, this year, obviously, and then the Chiefs winning at home. Uh, in the AFC Championship two seasons ago, they are starting to get to that we can't get over the hump. But I don't know what it is because last year it was obviously it was the defense allowing the Chiefs to drive, I think it was 60 yards to get in a field goal range in 12 seconds and get a field goal off and then win in overtime. This time the problem felt like Josh Allen. And I, I, I don't know. It, like that feels wrong, right? Like it feels... That feels incorrect that the problem is Josh Allen. But watching this game, he just looked, and I don't want to say uncomfortable. I want to say he did not look confident. Yeah. Yeah, he just he just kind of looked like he wasn't going through his reads very well. He wasn't progressing well. The throws were a little shaky. He looked like he was expecting to get hit uh, every now and then when he just exactly. kind of wasn't. It was just, it was weird. And it, everybody could kind of tell that something was wrong, but nobody could exactly say what. And I think that's pretty much what it's like. And if, if you just look at the box score, he was 25 of 42, 265 yards, zero touchdowns and a pick. That's not that's not a normal Josh Allen stat line that you'd see, especially, you know, in the postseason. He's always been kind of, you know, the Superman kind of quarterback, as a lot of people like to call him. And today, he, or I guess yesterday, he just did not look like that. Yeah, I mean, he didn't even, you know, a signature thing, like particularly with last year, when they played the Patriots in the, the wild card round, Josh Allen was just insane on the ground. He added 16, he added 26 yards on the ground and he got a touchdown. Now granted that touchdown was one yard. So it's not exactly like it's a particularly impressive touchdown. Like I just, there weren't the big time throws and he just, he looked like he was being confused post snap. And I think, I do think we have to credit the Bengals defense here. That's part of why I liked them is because I thought that they could get pressure and contain the edge. I didn't know that they could pretty much just eliminate the passing game. If you go on to, to pro football reference and you look at their expected point summary, on the, their, their passing game added 4.4 points expected. You The Bengals were at 19.46. Like the, Beng, the Bengals were just the better team 
Like, full stop, period, end of story. The Bills' offense was just genuinely very lackluster and, again, I, you know, contributed to the Bengals some. But I do think that, I don't know, like, I don't want to say that the Josh Allen Bills have a problem, but they honestly, they kind of do feel like the Packers of the AFC in some regards. Yeah, and it wasn't even just so much Josh Allen um, not being able to throw particularly well. It was really that they just didn't really run. And they don't, the Bills don't normally, they're not normally a rushing team with Josh Allen. You know, you kind of don't have to be a real rushing team. But when you get into the postseason, you have to be more than just a one-dimensional team. And yesterday, the leading rusher was Josh Allen, and he only had 26 yards. It's not like he had 70 yards and he was the leader. They just really didn't do a whole lot, and the Bengals just did a good job of stopping the run whenever they did try it. Devin Singletary had six carries for 24 yards, which is an average of four yards per carry. But when you're only giving him six carries, you're not really going to get a lot of production. So uh, I do think that Josh Allen was not good yesterday, and he definitely needs to be better. But along with that, this team needs to be more than one-dimensional. They can't just rely on Josh Allen to throw 40-plus times because if he has a bad game like this, then, yeah, you're going to lose. Yeah, I, I honestly, I just, I genuinely don't know. Like I'm, I during the game, I, I Google searched if he had gotten injured in the Dolphins game, and I had just missed it, and he was not. Now he did get injured at the end of the game, but you know it was with eight minutes left, and they were down seventeen, and very clearly weren't going to win that game. So I don't think it was an injury. I just, I think the Bengals just were the better team, and they showed it. And you know everyone was talking about how if the Bills were able to win this game, it would force a neutral site AFC championship game. But what I kind of find funny in this is that when the the Bengals-Bills regular season game ended, the Bengals were actually in the lead with the ball. Like, we could have gotten, you know, had DeMar Hamlin not, of course, suffered his heart, the, the heart failure, we could have very easily seen the Bengals beating the Bills in the regular season like this. And maybe, maybe we would have known what to expect in this playoff game. Yeah, that is absolutely true. We, I guess we didn't really have any knowledge coming into this game of what we were supposed to expect. So, I don't know. This could have just been normal, and this could have been uh, something we should have been expecting the whole time. I, we're really going to have to see down the road how this Bills team continues to progress because it really feels like they're at a crossroads right now. They could either come back, and this could be a great comeback story. They could win a bunch of championships or whatever, or they could be the Packers, and they could keep making it to the postseason and keep losing the first you know, game or two every year. So I don't know. I honestly am leaning towards them being the next Packers and really just kind of not doing anything for the next decade or so, but we'll have to see. I suppose the better example of that would be the Saints. Like every year, phenomenal defense, great offense, elite quarterback, good wide receiving core, and they just can't do it. For whatever reason, they just literally cannot get over the hump, and it feels like it's some sort of invisible barrier that they're running up against. Yeah, no, that definitely could be what this team looks like. Yeah, which, and so I'll I'll end it on this. Going into the game, Zelo had given the Bills a seventy six percent chance of winning. Uh, the Bills were, of course, Zelo's Super Bowl team, and the Bills so far have been Zelo's only miss in the playoffs. So that that wow. should tell you something. Coming out of the game using that new Zelo stat, if you gave me those stats. Cincinnati would have had a 72% chance of winning. So flipping the script. Wow. Yeah, that's so that's that's crazy. That's, that's, I don't want to, you know, break our our swear rule, but that's darning and you know, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> that is very darning. You hit that you hit that yeah. right in the head there. Yeah, okay. So that's the AFC done and you know, now that we have the two teams in the AFC championship, the question is Chiefs or Bengals? Honestly, here's what I'm thinking, because I have been kind of thinking about this since Mahomes got injured, and what I'm thinking they might be able to do is this Mahomes injury might actually be beneficial advantage. because it might force them to play a little safer and play a little mm-hmm. more conservative and not let Mahomes roll out of the pocket like he always does, and it might make them kind of be like the Cowboys with Cooper Rush almost where they have all these weapons, but they just play like they don't, and it ends up working out really, really well. So if they can do that, I do think that the Chiefs will probably still win, 
But if they continue to try and let Mahomes be Mahomes and, you know, run around on a hurt ankle and make a couple extra mistakes that he maybe wouldn't otherwise make, then, yeah, I absolutely see the Bengals winning this game. Yeah, I'm not going to go as far as to say this should be a – this is an advantage for the Chiefs. I kind of figured maybe you're going to say because of the ambiguity of the Mahomes injury, the Chiefs could act like they're going to start Chad Henney or something and make the Bengals have to prepare for two contingencies instead of one, you know, the tendencies for Henney and the tendencies for Mahomes. But the Bengals kind of already have a blueprint for beating the Chiefs. I mean, they've done it, I believe. Joe Burrow is now 3-0 and against the, the, the Chiefs. They He beat them once last season at home to clinch the AFC North. He beat them in the playoffs, of course, to make it to the Super Bowl. And he, then the Bengals beat the team this year, too. Like I, the Bengals kind of have a blueprint for beating the Chiefs, so I honestly, I, I think that a hurt Mahomes if he's as hurt as he looked in that game, it's it's game over. I, I honestly, I have been riding with the Bengals since October, and I'm not going to stop riding with the Bengals. I will probably end up taking the Bengals. Yeah, I do think. I think right now it's really 50-50. I think <laughs> there's not really a wrong pick. I would probably go with the Bengals right now as well, but. It's so hard for me to bet against Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes and the laundry list of names they have on that team. Yeah, It's going to be a good game. It's going to be a fireworks show, I do think. Uh, we'll have to see what happens. It's gonna. I, it's really going to depend on what Mahomes does. If, he, yeah. if the injury is not really helping, if they shoot him up with some, you know, whatever they, whatever paint colors they use before the game, yeah, whatever magic they have before the game and it somehow works and Mahomes looks crazy, then, yeah, Chiefs win. But it's really just going to depend on if Burrow shows up, they win. If Mahomes shows up, they win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, and I don't want to say that they, they're safe in the capable hands of Chad Henney, but that Chad Henney at least did prove that if Mahomes has to go out, they can move the ball, and they can move it about 98 yards and, and put up a, a touchdown to, to put the game, uh, to put the Jags down by by t- uh, 10, yes, yeah, 10. Absolutely, yeah. He is he is a very serviceable backup. He can he can hold his own out there. He's no you know he's no Mahomes, obviously. But if I have to rely on a backup to win me a game, he's definitely in that conversation to be my pick. No, I mean to your point about Mahomes being injured and the Chiefs being smarter because of that, there is virtue in that because if you look at the the play script, it's Chad Henney pass short to Travis Kelsey, uh, a run play, run play, pass short middle, incomplete. Pass short right, complete. Pass short right, complete. Let uh, run left. Pass short, complete. Pass incomplete, uh, short. Left end run. Up middle run. Pass short, complete. Like those are all those are all checkdowns, but it's making the right play. Yeah, absolutely. And if it's just like what what the Cowboys did, if you just play with Cooper Rush. With all these, you know, with a great team around him, if you can just play to get, you know, three, four yards per play, that's all you really need. You can just drive the field with that if you can just do it consistently. And if you can do that, especially on Mahomes' ankle, you don't want him getting hit. You really don't want him running. You don't want him moving. You really want him to stay as still as possible throughout the game. Just let him do a two-step drop back and throw a, you know, six-yard slant. Just every time. Something short, simple. There's no chance he gets hit, get the ball out quick. If they can do that, they have a really good chance of beating this team. The Bengals are just going to have to prepare for that because, honestly, I think that's what they might do. Yeah. Now, I don't want to just, like, say that Chad Henney can just be Patrick Mahomes and they don't have to worry about it. They they were helped on that drive by a roughing the passer penalty and then a 39-yard run. And those those typically, those two things combined will net you points. If you pick up a 15-yard penalty and a 40-yard run, that's doing about half the work for you. Uh, but it, it just, it does suggest that the Chiefs are not completely hosed, I guess is it's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. Now, defensively, this Bengals team may actually be one of the worst teams that the Chiefs could hope to go up against in the AFC Championship, with the the exception of the Bills. Because I do think that the Bengals, like we saw against Allen, they're going to be able to shut down the Chiefs' run game. And I do think that they're going to be able to, and again, not that Mahomes is going to be running because of that ankle, but they're going to be able to really use the edges and you know and take control of those edges. Yeah, that is, if they can play like that again, and you know, is that going to be a one-off game? Are they going to look terrible next game? Or is that going to be the consistency that they've now established in the postseason? We're not going to know until the game starts, obviously. But 
I do think that they have the potential to really make it a one-dimensional game for the Chiefs. And, you know, you can make it one-dimensional for the Chiefs, and I always say that you should never be one-dimensional, but if you're going to have a team that's going to be throw-only and success, it's going to be the Chiefs. Yeah, no, what will likely be the, the Bengals undoing and what I think that the the Bills were not able to do was get the passing game going. The Chiefs should ha- certainly not have that problem. Absolutely. Like the, the, the Chiefs will be able to exploit the Bengals secondary, which as it was last year, their Achilles heels, and if you saw that in the Super Bowl, it will be the Achilles heel here for for the Chiefs. Yeah. Or excuse me, for the Bengals. I guess sort of going the other way, how do we feel about the the Bengals being able to score? Because I, I would certainly suggest it shouldn't be a problem after they just lit up what is one of the best defenses in the NFL. I think I'm really confident in this Bengals team. They have, in my opinion, the best wide receiver room in the NFL. And now with Joe Burrow really kind of cementing himself as being as good as he has been in the regular season and now postseason, I mean, he's obviously a top quarterback in the NFL. You have the best wide receiver room in the NFL. If you can just keep your O-line playing well, that's that's not a recipe for success. It is the recipe for success. So I have no doubt that they can go up and down and score on this Chiefs defense, who is by no means bad, but it's not like they're the Niners where they're really locking everybody down. So I think, I think Joe Burrow has more than what he needs and is more than capable of putting up quite a few touchdowns if need be. Yeah, well, to cite a statistic from our friends over at Football Outsiders, the Chiefs rank 20th in passing DVOA defensively and 15th in the on the ground. So they those are, are things pretty, that pretty average. Those are yeah, I'd say below average, really. And those are and oh, net they're 17th, so they're just like literally just at below average. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, they are I, very. They can I don't be taken for- advantage of. Definitely. Yeah, I, and I would expect the Bengals to. Let me flip over uh, to the offensive side, and I can tell you how the Bengals match up. I would imagine that's got to be pretty favorable on on their side. Uh, so the Bengals are net fourth. Their passing is seventh, but their rush is fourth. Okay. So they they should be able to absolutely take advantage. Absolutely. I, I foresee them only getting better as the postseason goes, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard for me because I do tr- I trust DVOA more than I trust just kind of 538's blind ELO. Um, and, you know, the, the blind ELO does have the Chiefs as a slight favorite over the Bengals. Uh, but I... I, I don't understand how the Chief, how the Bengals aren't just the straight-up favorites. I know that this is the Chiefs, and they're great and all that, but the Bengals, like, all signs point to Cincinnati in my mind. Yeah, I would have to agree. If the Chiefs come out and absolutely destroy the Bengals, I wouldn't be surprised, per se, but I also wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals came out and destroyed the Chiefs. So really anything can happen in this game, and nothing's going to surprise me because I can see it all happening. Yeah, no, it, it does feel very 50-50, that's for sure. All right, so why don't we flip over to the NFC because we haven't hit on Eagles-Giants and, you know, the atrocity of football that that was. And we have to. Not that we want to, we have to. Yeah, nobody wants to. Like The, the game did the work for us. It was like, hey, you think that the Giants are good? Well, guess what? They're not. They are... I would argue they are more fraudulent than the Vikings. I honestly, that is probably a debate that should be up there with like MVP is like fraudulent team (laughs) of the year, because depending on your metrics, you could definitely say either, either or like you really can. And that's disappointing. There's wrong answer. Yeah, no, really. You could, you can have your pick. I mean, we can do this a number of different ways. But I'll say that Zelo had the Giants beating the Vikings, and it did not. It was not particularly close. Interesting. All right. Well, yeah. then I guess that answers that. Well, so hold on. There's there's more. So if you want to go to point differential, both of them were negative, and the Vikings I think are one of the few the few division champions who were negative in point differential in the history of the NFL. Now the Buccaneers were worse, but the Buccaneers had a losing record. 
this is true. That was at least, you know, a little more, a little, made a little more sense. Yeah. So then if you look at, if you look at, uh, SRS, the, both teams were negative. <laughs> Jeez. Those, those te- these two teams are, are so, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're both negative. Like, they're so bad. They are both so bad. Yeah, the Giants really just kind of outed themselves as being a bad team. 38-7 to is, in a postseason game, especially where it's supposed to kind of be weeding out the bad teams, that is just brutal. Yeah, I mean, if you're the Viking, excuse me, if you're the Giants, you're like, hey, we we won on the road, we made progress, we made the playoffs, we look like a good team, completely unmasked, and it kind of ruins all that feel good. Absolutely, and it really makes Which you is, doubt Daniel it's crazy. even more. Well. I, I'm going to be honest, I have been very skeptical of Daniel Jones this entire season. I have like, as one well. Does, one does not ever. change themselves that much. This is true, but gosh, I mean, he really, he really just gave us nothing to be excited about in this game, nothing at all. Oh no, he gave us a lot of debate in the off season because now we're going to be like, how much do you pay Saquon? How much do you pay Daniel Jones? Do you franchise tag Saquon, even though Saquon has said he does not want to be franchise tag? I mean, if you got to pay one of them, you got to pay. You have to pay Saquon. I think yeah, you can find another Daniel Jones on the street corner in Brooklyn if you needed to. Yeah, no, probably. Um, yeah, I, th- that really feels like the only talking point is like Jalen Hurts isn't injured. He showed that very clearly. He showed that emphatically even. And the Giants have a lot of offseason questions. Definitely. They definitely have a lot to work on. The Eagles look good. I thought Jalen Hurts was – I thought he was good. I'm surprised at how well – he played and how willing he was to run given how you know recent that injury was and how this team may be going really really deep into the postseason potentially Super Bowl I'm surprised that they didn't kind of reel him back a little bit nine carries on a freshly you know quote-unquote healthy quarterback that's you know you got a lot of trust in that guy if that's what you're doing but even passing he looked he looked pretty good 16 of 24 for 154 Mm -hmm. yards two touchdowns no interceptions uh the yardage isn't great, I guess. That's something that you're probably going to – you're not going to be able to do that against, say, I don't know, the 49ers. But uh, by and large, he did look better than I thought he would. I mean, I, I'm not going to knock him too much for the, the lack of, like, the passing yards because I think you're just having so much – you're having so much success on the ground. I don't know why you would change. That is also true. They did run it a ton of times. If you look at so if you look at the expected points summary again from from uh, Pro Football Reference, they were having six, they added sixteen point eight points on the ground, on the uh, through the air they only added eight point eight nine. So like it was working on the ground. We're just gonna let them go with it. That was the attitude I think. Yeah, and it was a good one. If you look at the box score. Their, the leading rusher was Kenneth Gainwell, 12 carries, 112 yards. That comes out to an average of 9.3 yards per carry. He's almost pulling a first down every time he touches the ball. That's crazy. No, yeah, you could they, – they they knew what they were doing. And I and I think part of it, too, what was the halftime score? It was 28-0. Something that's like why that, they, yeah. That's why he wasn't passing a ton. <laughs> like, Yeah, they really I didn't need to, to burn clock at that point. Yeah, no, I wouldn't pass a ton either. That's very true. Um, I guess one last note on the Giants, and this is, this can be the off-season teaser, is how much of this season for the Giants was fake? Because hear me out. After going seven and two, this is how they finished the season. Double-digit loss to the Lions, loss to the Cowboys, tie with the Commanders, double-digit loss to the Eagles, beat Commanders, uh, narrow loss to the Vikings, double-digit win versus the Colts, loss to the Eagles. You know, you go you go from seven and two to nine seven and one, and you kind of messed up. Yeah, they kind of feel like that. Uh, they kind of feel like the like you know how there's that team every year that starts out really hot. 
and then chokes Cardinals. it all at the end, and they never really make it. Like, yeah, the Cardinals last year. This feels like the Dollar General version of that. Yeah, because they didn't even go undefeated. They didn't even go undefeated. They just started out, like, good, but they weren't even undefeated. They were 7-2, which is, like, you know, great, good for you and all that, but you're not crazy. You're just doing me, well. Here are their wins before they went 7-2, and two, and you tell me if this sounds like they compiled a list of good wins. Okay. The Titans, Panthers, Bears, Packers, Ravens, Jags, Texans. I could argue at most... At most, there are two good wins in there. I'm assuming that's a the Ravens are, are one of them, right? The Ravens is the only block. I think the Jags like is a, a decent, a good win. decent win. That was when the Jags were, were really, really bad, though. So part of it yeah, that wasn't really the when the Jags were hot. I could, depending on the week, I could maybe argue the Packers, but that's a stretch. That well, that was early on too. That was the London game. Oh, yeah, the London game. That wasn't very good. So, yeah, we have one good I, win. In- so, yeah, I mean, you know, when they beat the Titans, everyone was like, oh, my God, the Giants beat the Titans, and then the Titans proceeded to go 8-9 or 7-10, and 10, like finished yeah. with a losing record. They beat the Panthers, and the Panthers, hot garbage. Uh, that was when that was still the Matt Rule Panthers, and that was hot garbage. The Bears were hot garbage. The Packers, at that point in the season, were the hottest garbage. <laughs> The Ravens feels like an insane four point win that feels that feels like you did, like you look at that and you're like how did that happen when they were outgained both on the ground and on the air the difference was that the Ravens had a few more turnovers uh, and then the, yeah the Jags that was when they were hot garbage and then the Texans I mean need I say more <laughs> in fact like in in the total season. I think they only had two good wins. And it was the Ravens and it was the Jags. Like, maybe you give them two and a half because they beat the Packers. Yeah. I I don't really give them much of anything, honestly. Other than the Ravens. I give them the Ravens. But other than that, I really don't give them all that much. Yeah, no, how this this actually, looking at the schedule and looking at the fact that they pulled up with this and a negative point differential quite honestly makes me think, oh, you went 9-7-1, you're frauds, you'll regress to the mean next year. Yeah, honestly, I see them getting worse. I get, I see them getting considerably worse. I don't think this team is particularly great, and this team lives and dies on the back of Saquon Barkley. Yeah, no, and the, this team apparently lives and dies off of, like, winning, winning a bunch of games that they probably should not have. <laughs> they definitely should have lost. <laughs> I mean, if you, what's the rule? Like, it's you flip everything that's a one-score game? Yeah. So, Titans is flipped. You you need to keep track of this, because I'm going to be doing, I'm, I'm going to be doing this in my head, too. But I'll forget oh, everything. Uh, concussion, I cite concussions. So, the Titans is flipped to a loss. The Panthers is flipped to a loss. Uh, it's not, Dallas stays a loss. The Bears stays a win, so at this point, one and four. The Packers, so do we want to do seven points flips it, or is it three points? We'll do anything we'll do smaller three. than seven. We can do anything yeah, we'll do smaller, smaller than, than seven. seven. We'll do smaller than seven. Okay. Packers is a loss then. Ravens is a loss. Jags are a loss. Seattle's a loss. Texans are a win. Giants are, uh, excuse me. Lions are a loss. Cowboys are a loss. We'll give them a win with the Commanders because that was just, I don't know, I don't want to say they'll have another tie again. That feels improbable. Eagles are a loss. Commanders are a win. Vikings are a win. Colts are a win. Eagles are a loss. What does that put them at? That puts them at five wins. That feels about right. That feels more New York Giants. I like that number way more. Uh, if you put an over-under for the Giants and you put it at five, I, I think I'd take the over, but not optimistically. Yeah, that's a heck of a line. Yeah, no, that feels like the thing where you're like, why did Vegas give them five? And then at the end of the season, you're like, oh, that's why Vegas gave them five, because they're <laughs> terrible. Because <laughs> they should be bad, yes. Yeah. No, it, for the, me, that was like the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. Why are the Eagles winning the Super Bowl? And then they proceed to make it to the NFC Championship. Yes. Um, so 
Speaking of the Eagles, they're facing the 49ers. Oh, well, actually, let me give you this one. This was the highest win percentage of the weekend. Eagles had a 85% chance of winning the game with those statistics. Yeah, I, sounds about right. Feels low. It feels low. Feels low, if anything. Um, okay, so let's look at their opponent and their opponent's game, the 49ers who beat the Cowboys. I don't want to say soundly. The Cowboys hung around in that game, even if ultimately – you know, they, they came up fairly short with a hilarious ending, which with that, did that play as a Pat McAfee stand, did that play kind of remind you of that weird Colt punt? I, so I was actually watching this with a couple of friends and as soon as the Cowboys lined up, I go, I, I literally said out loud, oh my God, they're, they're going to do the worst play in NFL history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it got, like I saw it and I said, oh my God, are they McAfee punting? Yeah, and they actually snapped the ball and Zeke got immediately ran over. That was just such an ugly ending. Like Dak was immediately pressured and then Zeke was just <laughs> caught the ball and was flattened like a pancake. I don't know why you would ever like try that play. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't make I don't know what they were trying to do. Like I don't. It was it was the most on brand Mike McCarthy ending to a game of all time. Yeah, I mean, when I was it was it Goddard who no, it wasn't Goddard. I'm, who's the who's the tight end who almost caught the ball, but it ended up being an incomplete. I'm gonna kick myself. Schultz, Schultzy, Dalton Schultz. Yeah, it was Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz like almost makes it a catch. And I, that was when I thought they had a chance, and when they ruled it incomplete, I was like, all right, wrap it up. They're going to do something stupid. And well, that was all sure enough. so dumb. I was so mad at that, as I wanted the Cowboys to lose, and I was so mad that Schultz did something so stupid as to not get his feet down. You are an NFL yeah, professional. You didn't get two feet down on the sideline. Like, you had so much room. Well, I, if you look at it, too, like, I believe it was his right foot. Like, it looks like it comes within an inch of the ground. And it's just a mere matter of tapping your toe at that point. I'm fairly yeah. shocked that he failed to All do he had so. to do, there was nobody really around him. He had the ball securely. It, I mean, if it's close like that, just why not? He could have got he could have got five feet down if he really wanted to. But he just got oh, yeah. just well, one. I, well, when they, when they were looking at it, it was like, there's no way he didn't get two feet down, right? And then, sure enough, I was like, okay. That feels pretty. Well, that I, feels pretty on brand. When it happened in real time, and he, you know, he got the ball. He ran out the sideline. I, you know, I'm with friends. I, I asked him, like, did he catch that? Like, did he get two feet down? I thought I, I thought I was going crazy for a second. I was like, there's no way he didn't get two feet down on that ball. And I was like, yeah. but I swear I saw it. And sure enough, yeah. No, if that. That felt crazy, and maybe you must have been paying more attention to it than I was because I was so confident that it was a catch. I think I just turned my brain off. I have the play <laughs> pulled up here, and I want to. I want to kind of like let's try to dissect this, and let's let's take a visual medium and make it audio only. So bear with me, audience, if this goes fairly terribly. Um, <laughs> so we have Zeke. Is Zeke under center? Like, I mean, yeah, Zeke, is yeah. Zeke the center? Z- yeah, Zeke so is have, the center. He got run over immediately. So picture this, the running back, the million-dollar running back is the center. He's snapping to Prescott, and I can't tell who Prescott has it with him in the backfield, but there is a running back in the backfield. And then there's four on each side. There's four on the left side of the hashes and four on the right side of the hashes. What did you – like, if you, if you click play, I'm trying to figure out what they were doing because if you watch – the two, the two most inner, the two innermost wide receivers on each of the splits, books it up the field. Okay, and then the two, the two blocking parties, the groups of three that look like they are designed to be blockers, don't move at all. I don't. I don't. I don't blue. And then yeah, and then Dak, of course, is the 49ers had three people rushing. Two of them went on Zeke. Dak throws the ball, I would assume in panic, because at the time he's throwing it, there are two people a foot from his grill, the grill of his helmet. He throws it to number nine, who catches it and is immediately flattened. What was this play? What was this play? What was it designed to do? 
Like I, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking at this play, and I don't know what this was. That's in real time. I was wondering if they like, are they, are they even going to snap this ball? Like, I don't know what the point could be. Like and if they would have jump, <laughs> if they would have snapped that ball and ran the play like I thought they would have. I thought he they would have had just Dak throw it to the furthest back receiver and then let him run behind his blockers. Like, at least that would have some semblance of sense, even if it was still a terrible play. This just didn't... No, I still 100%. don't know what the goal was. No, it looked like, to me, like, very clearly, they were going to see how the 49ers lined up. The 49ers are in no-duh, prevent defense. And I figured, okay, we will have our wide receivers who are split out wide. We'll have them flank back, it'll basically be like a bubble screen, and those three guys are going to block it. Hopefully we can get a convoy of guys going up so that, that, that our pass catcher has somewhere to go. But it does, again, like the two the two wide receivers, CD and, uh, who's number nine? Do you know who nine is off the top of your head? Is that Turpin? Is that Quante Turpin? Uh, I'll, I'll take your word on it. Uh, yeah, Quante Turpin. They both run up the field, and then Turpin stops right at the 30. The ball is on the 24. Turpin stops, and I'm assuming C.D. Lamb. Yep, C.D. Lamb. He is going deep. So here, like, even if, like, let's let's say the play is designed to go to C.D., he is in between about three 49ers players. Like, I don't know if, if the play script is, okay, you're doing a, you're doing a deep curl, and C.D., we're just going to have your run right across the field, and hopefully – our curl eats up a few 49ers players. You get free, and at that point, you'll have blockers or something. But it just this play does not make sense. I don't know what happened. Yeah, it especially doesn't make sense when you consider that Kevontae Turpin is their punt return, kick return specialist, and his only reception in that game was that very was catch. That one. Yep, one reception, eight yards. That's all he got. The, the Honestly, the only thing more fantastic about this play than the fact that that it happened like it happened is that it somehow is worse than the Cowboys ending last season. Yeah, honestly, it's the, it's like the only way they could have messed it up even more. Like that's just legitimately incredible to me. It truly is. Yeah, it was, it was bad. This whole game was kind of a defensive mastermind. Uh, I really, I usually don't particularly love these games, but I I quite like this one. Uh, I liked watching Brock Purdy. I was I was very interested to see how he would play. I was interested to see if Tom's theory was right, where once he really ran into a good defense, he was going to look bad. And admittedly, he didn't look good. He just looked good enough, and that's all they really needed to win. They let the run game kind of take it when they needed to. Christian McCaffrey was able to punch in that one touchdown they had, uh, but Purdy looked good enough to not give it away and give the Cowboys any chances unnecessarily. Dak, on the other hand, Dak looked just—he looks pretty bad. I'm—I'm—I've been a Dak fan since he came into the league, but this season, I've really soured on him, and—and and this it's been, is why. It's been darning. It's been darning. It—it it um, has been very darning. No, if you gave me the stat line of 23 completions, 37 attempt, actually, take—I take that back. If you gave me 206 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions going into this, I probably would have said that's Brock Purdy. I really yeah. would have. But yeah, he, I wouldn't be surprised at that. On his 29 tries, he had 19 completions, 214 yards. He didn't have a touchdown, but he had big plays. Now, I am still of the mindset that Purdy can't do this on any other team than the 49ers where the scheme is there. You have elite weapons at the tight end, wide receiver, and running back position. I, I am very soundly convinced on that, but Brock Purdy has exceeded my expectations dramatically. And look – I said it not on air because we haven't been doing these shows regularly enough because I am a very busy human being and I, uh, you know, I need to get better about making time for these. But in Tony and Tony can vouch for me. I have told Tony, I don't believe in him. They have not played a defense that scares me. They played a defense that scares the living bejesus out of me. And I think probably the best defense in the NFC. And I don't think anyone's really going to challenge me on that apart from the 49ers, of course was the Cowboys. And I said, if he beats the Cowboys, I'll shut up about Brock Purdy. I will take Tony's side. I will take Zelo's side. Zelo has been astronomically high on Purdy. Um, and of course it has because the blind spreadsheet kicks my butt every single time I try to make a pick or analysis. Um, and so I said, I said, if he beats the Cowboys, I'll shut up and I'll be a 49ers fan. And 
you know, I'm now rooting for a 49ers Super Bowl because that's what Zelo has, and I just give up. Yeah, no, I can vouch for that. He has said it. Um, I also do have to agree. That's kind of been my point this whole time is not that I think Brock Purdy is particularly great, is that Brock Purdy has so many weapons around him. As long as he is Jimmy G, he'll look great. And honestly, I, think I do think I, I think he's looked better. If there, there have been rumors that Jimmy G will be healthy around the time the Super Bowl starts. So if you are the Niners and Jimmy G comes back healthy, there's no chance you bench Brock Purdy, right? Like, you just can't do that. No, I don't think you can. I really don't think I don't can. think you can. I don't I, – I pray on everything. I pray they don't do that. And if they do that and they lose, it will be the biggest blunder and Absolutely. at least this, and at least this year. Look, I think with how, like, if you look at the Eagles, for example, and you say, "Hey, you know, Carson Wentz is healthy," I think the Eagles would have gone with Nick Foles. I think you ride with the guy that got you there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You have to do that as well. You just have to go with the guy that's hot and Brock Purdy. He's looked pretty good. Go, go, go! Yeah, go with the guy who got you there. That's all you can do. And I, I appreciate the pun. Um, and and to to your note about Jimmy G if you told me that someone had 206 yards a touchdown and two interceptions I would not have picked Dak I would have picked Jimmy G (laughs) yeah still even with another guy in the Niners position it would have been him yeah no that feels like a very that feels like a very Jimmy G stat line two interceptions but a touchdown yeah absolutely he's I still don't think he's particularly good I just think he's a result of this team and I think when you yeah. finally put somebody who's even a little bit better on, this team looks just even better. Yeah. Um, I guess the last the last note for this game, because we can talk about the Cowboys, we'll have all offseason to just milk the Cowboys' misery for all it's worth. And I look forward to doing that. Uh, if you gave Zelo these statistics ahead of the game, it would have given the 49ers a 66% chance of winning. And even if that feels kind of low, you have to remember it was 12-9. And like I think, I think with the Chiefs, like with the Chiefs game, if it's a seven-point difference, unless there's something incredibly wonky statistically, it's going to be about the mid 60s. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, honestly, if we're being real here, it should have been a six-point game. We all know Maher missed <laughs> another extra point, so. It should have been 13-19, but it was 12-19. That was my favorite is people – I was watching this in, in a common area, and people walked by and they go, 12? Oh, no, did he miss another one? And I said, I, I would say, well, to be fair to him, it was blocked. And then my friend who was sitting next to me said, it was blocked, but they clearly showed that if it got in the air, it would have been wide left. <laughs> it would have been so far left, you wouldn't even believe it. it. As, it as soon as been. that ball went up and it got blocked, one of the guys I was watching it with was like, Oh, he would have missed that anyways. And I was like, oh, would he have? I didn't even see that. And they showed the replay. Yeah, he would have missed that. Yeah, no, I I I I I'm serious. I thought when the Cowboys got the ball with just under two minutes left, I was so sure, okay, Dallas is going to drive the field, they'll get a touchdown, and then Maher will miss the extra point. Or they'll <laughs> Or they'll be forced to go for two and won't get it, and they'll say, we could have gone to OT, but we didn't trust the kicker. Yeah, I wouldn't trust him either. That was terrible. Yeah. No, there's a meme to be made of him, like, kicking 30, 40-yard field goals with no problem, but it's, like, the two-point hash. Like, it's it's the one, I fear no man, but him I fear. Like, it's the two-point <laughs> hash. Like, it's the, the two-yard hash. That is spot on. Um, all right, with the, with the last few minutes that we got left, do we want to pivot over to the NFC Championship? Oh, uh, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, so currently, let me let me pull it up. I've got way too many spreadsheets up right now. Uh, currently, <laughs> Zelo has the 49ers with a 55% chance of winning. I'm not going to change the sheet too much, I think. Like, these teams' ratings are locked in. I don't think they're going to change. So currently, it's... You know, the Super Bowl that Zelo has is 49ers Chiefs, which I love like a rematch. That would be so cool to have a rematch storyline. Yeah, that would definitely be awesome. I would love to see um I would love to see that Super Bowl happen and for Brock Purdy to be able to get it done with Jimmy G couldn't. That'd be hilarious to me. I would love that so much. Imagine if Brock Purdy beats Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I think he could. I definitely like, think at- he could. That is so possible. At a minimum, it can like I think it confirms my theory that you need a rookie quarterback to win. 
yeah, no, that is that's true. Now that they've paid, now that they paid Mahomes, can't win with a guy that's taken up that much of your cap. Yeah, I mean, except you know that they got to the Super Bowl, but I digress. Um, but but looking at just the pure matchup, Zelo has it with a fifty five percent chance for the Forty ers on the road. Does that feel low, higher, about right? Um, that feels about right, honestly. I don't hate that. Yeah, no, it feels it feels pretty fair, especially as the road team. If it was a home, I might say it's a little bit low. Um, yeah. You know, what do we think of the Eagles, though? I mean, it's it's hard to – it really feels hard to, to doubt the team that just whooped the Giants pretty oh. dramatically. <laughs> And I know, it's, I know, it's, I know it's the Giants. Um, but any any time you beat a team thirty eight to seven, like, are you really going to pick against the team that won thirty eight to seven? I am just because the Eagles. I think are are good. I think they're a very good team. I love mm-hmm. the Eagles. I love watching them. They're always fun when they're good like this. But I also think that Jalen Hurts is not going to be able to run like he is against most teams. I think the Niners are going to be able to have enough guys that they're going to be able to cover deep, and they're also going to have, like, Fred Warner just sitting in, you know, a QB spy, just watching him the whole time, and he's going to kill him if he takes a step over that the line of scrimmage. I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to be able to run all that much, and he's going to have to rely more on his arm, and then we're really going to see what he can do. Yeah, I mean, I'm not... Di- I'm not inclined to disagree with you by any means. I think that that is probably one of the 49ers' greatest strengths. In fact, if you look like if we were just going to quickly turn and do the 30-second analysis before we really can dive into the numbers, if you look at rush DVOA, the 49ers rank the number two defensively in rush DVOA. Yeah, and you know, for that reason, so yeah. many good and guys. Philadelphia ranks first in in rush DVOA offensively, so it's their strength. Their strength is rushing. Now they're ninth they're ninth in passing, which is by no means slacking, but they are number one in the rush DVOA and number two is a good five percentage points behind. Like it's what Philadelphia does because of Jalen Hurts. Yeah, we'll have I, to see. 49- that- <clears throat> I think the 49ers are going to take away the ground. I think that that's what they have to do. They're gonna have to make Jalen Hurts, you and your weapons beat us through the air. I think that's what's gonna happen. And that's where I don't think the Eagles are going to be able to do it. I think that the I think the Niners are just too too explosive on offense for the Eagles to be able to just even keep up. Yeah. Now, and this is something I did not know because I did not consult DVOA when I was talking about the Cowboys being the best defense uh, that the 49ers would face. But Philadelphia, by total DVOA, they do rank behind Dallas, but they're actually better in the pass defense than Dallas is. You know where they're terribly inefficient? Rushing? Running. Yeah, no. They rank 21st in rush DVOA. And that's going to be that's gonna be such a problem because, I mean, CMC is so fast. You have Debo back there. IU can also run if he has to. Like, they have so many guys that can take the rock and, you know, run. You know, uh, they could run a pitch. They could just run a halfback dive up the middle. They could do all sorts of crazy stuff, trick plays, whatever they want to do, really. And they have so many guys. Yeah, and they have their O-line that can pull and block really, really well. There's no limit to what they can do on the ground if they want to. Yeah, I mean, and they can do the short passing that essentially acts as rushing, and that can be equally devastating. Absolutely. To me, this is the the 49ers game to lose. That is reflected uh, by Zelo, of course, and maybe that's part of my bias. Philly is the favorite at two and a half. So, Tony, you might want to get a bet in on the 49ers while the odds are this good. Oh, I will be betting. Yeah, no, go do it right now. Like, this might be a value pick. I I honestly think the public is probably going to take the 49ers. I would imagine so. I'd be surprised if they didn't. I could be I could be wrong in that regard. I could very easily be wrong in that regard. But I do, I do think that the 49ers, I think two and a half in favor of Philly – says to me that you should go bet the 49ers. And if I were a gambling man, I would put money on them very quickly. I mean, this is this is actually because the Chiefs-Bengals game is even. This is a good week to do a 49ers-Bengals-49ers-Chiefs parlay. Yeah, honestly, that's not a bad idea. I might do that. Uh, well, you know you know me. I have a, I'll, I'll take my percentage. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, no, I, I kid, I kid. Uh, all right, so I'm saying 49ers Chiefs just because it would be the more fun storyline. There is 49ers Bengals with the rivalry of, not the rivalry, but I should say it's a Super Bowl rematch, 49ers Bengals. Um, and it would be fun to have the Bengals get to the Super Bowl back-to-back years. What What are you taking? Uh, I'm taking Niners for sure. The Chiefs, Chiefs and Bengals is one I'm gonna. It's gonna be a game time decision. It's gonna be one of those I'm not gonna be able to lock anything in until it comes to the time I have to. Well, I was gonna say it's also a game time decision for Mahomes' ankle, probably. Well, that, I'm kidding, yeah. but but like that that'll yeah. be the what, that'll be what you're looking to is that ankle. Definitely. All right. Well, that was an hour somehow. I have no idea. Thank you for tuning in, guys, and we will see you hopefully again this week.